During this um, morning time, after breakfast, uh, there'll be some meditation instruction and a sitting, meditation sitting as well. So um, I'd like to offer a little bit of kind of foundational instruction on um, on this practice of what's called insight meditation, um, or uh, the Pali word is vipassana. Uh, vipassana has been translated uh, as insight, um, and of course, translation is always an approximation, an interpretation, and an insight is a word that has um, a lot of baggage uh, of its own, as you know, all words do. They have the, the meanings that we uh, have ascribed to them uh, previously. So insight usually is uh, associated with um, uh, just understanding something about our behavior um, that, uh, that helps us to see what the causes of the behavior is. And it's not, it's, it's not that bad, but it's usually associated with psychological insights. And, um, and this, is, this kind of insight, you know, the word vipassana could maybe be, be translated better as um, seeing deeply into the nature of things. Or, uh, so I, I read a translation that somebody used, uh, which is the seeing that liberates seeing uh, that that frees us from our um, habits, uh, the habitual uh, ways of relating to things. So that's a long, but it, it's, it's kind of an explanation of what's, it unpacks the word a little bit. So, um, so, so we're going to so so we're going to talk about that over the course of the next few days. How we see our our experience, how we see our body, um, and and then the other part of insight practice that's very very important, and it, and they're they're wound together. They're they they we have to practice them and develop them. Um, in a way together, but they can be talked about uh, distinctly uh, or separately. <clears throat> the other part is is calming the mind, um, which is, the, the Pali word is samatha. Um, it's connected to the word samadhi. And <clears throat> and it's, it's usually um, translated as uh, tranquility. So, so calming, calming the mind and calming the body. So, so calming the body is, is a really important part of calming the mind because we hold tension, we hold anxiety, we hold you know, different kinds of disturbing energies in the body habitually. And so, so we're going to explore that uh, over the course of the retreat as well. So, um, so I want to talk a little bit, uh, yeah, as I said, about some very basic things. Um, taking a meditation posture. Uh, it's good to take a posture that you feel easeful in, that feels comfortable for your body. So at the same time, we want to, we want to be... Uh, <clears throat> Attentive, alert, energized in our practice. So, so there's <clears throat> there's a balance to be found. And um, but but it's I, I don't encourage people to kind of push uh, themselves to take a posture that is challenging as soon as you sit down in it. Um, so. If you're sitting on the floor and you want to sit cross-legged and your knees don't touch the floor, uh, 
I encourage you to take some cushions or roll up some blankets and, um, you know, so we know that Jim said there are 10,000 blankets in the, in the building, so even if we're out of cushions, we can find a blanket somewhere and, and you can bring it into the hall. And, um, uh, and, and just, you know, prop, prop it under your knees um, so that it's, it's, it's supporting your knees and they're not hanging in the air because that creates tension um, on your inner thigh and also on your lower back when your knees are kind of suspended in the air. And it's not a posture that you can maintain. Um, sitting in a chair, many people resist sitting in a chair, um, but it's a good posture. It, it, if it's, if it's uh, balanced, if your feet are flat on the floor, um, and your, and your uh, back is is not just leaning back into the chair, uh, but is self-supporting. Uh, it's, it's a very good posture for meditation. It's perfectly fine and um, better than to sit on the floor and be struggling with discomfort. So, um, and, and as I said last night, if, if you do need to lean into the back of the chair, if you have some kind of injury or weakness in the back, then, then that's fine. Just you can still bring that that energized uh, spine to the um, you know into your into your sitting, even if you're leaning in the back in the back of the chair. Uh, so so why is it important not to move um, it, when you're sitting in meditation? Um, it's it's good not to move. Uh, it's not it's not sort of an absolute. It's not something that say well, even if you're feeling like you're injuring yourself, you shouldn't move. But the kind of movement that that we often make, where we're shifting, uh, feel a little bit of tightness or just a slightly unpleasant sensation in the in the knee or the back and and then we shift to get more comfortable um, that doesn't it's not supportive of the mind settling down and becoming calm and um, and what we're doing when we are continually trying to escape from a, a little bit of discomfort and trying to find <clears throat> more ease and comfort by shifting our posture um, is where we're kind of just in that cycle which is prevalent in our lives. It's a bit of a microcosm. Like, oh, this, this I, I don't want to deal with this or, or this is unpleasant, let me... Let me escape from this this mental state. Uh, I feel a little bit unhappy. I think I'll turn on the TV or check my my smartphone or open the fridge or whatever it is that we do to escape, distract ourselves from just attending to what's coming up right now. And um, and and so. You know, as uh, when David was giving the instructions last night for yoga, he said, you know, ask yourself, well, can I be with this? Can I be with this? Is, this, is it possible for me to be with this uh, level of discomfort? And, and very often in meditation we find that we can, we can, you know, say, well, yeah, actually, it's, it's pretty minimal. Um, and yeah, I can be with it. Uh, maybe I can relax into it. Um, and so, uh, so, so we, yeah, we we discover that when we open to something, that we have the capacity to be with it, and and it's true in our meditation posture, and it's often true. In our lives as well. So, so meditation is that uh, 
um, training the mind to to stay with our experience as it is. So, um, so noticing. So it, it takes mindfulness. You know, very often the moving is kind of automatic. We, we don't even know we've moved until after we've moved, or maybe not even then. So, so it takes mindfulness to, to notice, uh, here's, here's a, a slightly uncomfortable sensation, and here's the impulse to move, and let me just be mindful of that, and, and let it come and go. So, um, yeah, I haven't actually defined mindfulness, um, and many of you have, you know, have heard this, have heard mindfulness talked about, and some of you probably haven't. So I'm just going to say, well, what what is mindfulness? What is what is this quality of the mind that we're calling mindfulness? That is a natural quality of mind, but we can cultivate it because it's not always there. So mindfulness is a way that we bring attention, we pay attention to our experience in the present moment. And we we do so in a way that is not getting caught up in wanting and not wanting. So we might find, as I was just saying, we might find that some experiences, so sensations in the body, or thoughts in the mind, or emotional states, are pleasant, and we enjoy them. And we might find that some are unpleasant. And mindfulness is a quality of attention that doesn't doesn't uh, follow our preferences. Of course, there's a preference. We it feels nicer to have, um, a, a, you know, a very pleasant sensation. Maybe the body feels very settled and 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 relaxed, and uh, and nothing is hurting right now, and uh, and and that's great. So there's a preference for that. It's not clinging to that preference. So then, oh, then we notice, oh, there's some soreness in the lower back. So, um, so not, not getting caught in aversion. You know, oh, I, I don't like that. I need to move. I need to, uh, or I start judging myself or getting worried about what it is or what I need to start doing. Oh, I should do those strengthening exercises I read about or whatever the mind gets caught up in. It's just very simple, noticing, oh, there's soreness, and what is that like? And that's, can I be with that? Can I even uh, open to that? You know, and as I was speaking, I was noticing, and the reason I said soreness in the lower back is because I felt in that moment, noticed I, some soreness on the left side in my lower back. And and even just, you know, in the speaking about it and and going in the process, I, I noticed how, oh, it shifted a little bit. It opened up a little bit. It changed. Um, and uh, and it feels a little less intense. That, that can happen. It doesn't always happen. Uh, so, so just paying attention and being open to our experience as it unfolds. Um, so that's mindfulness. And, and, and in a larger um, picture, kind of the larger frame or uh, lens, we can live mindfully on retreat, in particular looking at retreat, by not getting caught up in our preferences. You know, like, oh, 
I like the scrambled eggs a little bit more moist, you know. Uh, you know, they usually make it more moist. Why is it so dry this time? Or, oh, this is like, this is, the scrambled eggs here are usually so wet. Oh, this is the way I like it, you know. And we can get caught in this, I want this, I don't want that. And, uh, and, and this is the way I like it, and this is, I don't like it that way. And, and just, you know, allowing things to be as they are. And with more, um, more a, a calm mind, and and in this sense, the the non-preferential aspect is is moving toward an equanimous mind, uh, a balanced mind, a mind that doesn't get caught up in in wants and wanting and not wanting, and so that. You know that we we especially bring that practice into our meditation. That's that's an essential aspect of mindfulness. Uh, and 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 so the tranquility part of that is having the capacity to give space to our experience, the steadiness of mind that doesn't get hooked and carried away in some story about what we're experiencing. So, um, so we train, we specifically train the mind to become steady uh, and calm. And, and, uh, and we're going to be looking at that um, in a couple of minutes. That's what I'm going to move into um, is the training in Samatha. So, so steady and balanced in our posture, and steady and balanced in the mind. It's it's a training, uh, and it's it can be you know it can be um, like if m- many of us you know have when we start off in meditation our minds feel very um, restless, very uh, driven, and, and, and we find ourselves again and again getting caught up in, in stories, in anxieties, in, in, uh, in planning, in going back over things, and just these, these kinds of cycles, habitual patterns that we, we're just getting caught up in. And, and so when I talk about you know, a mind that is steady and calm and present, and 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 the mind, your mind, might say, "Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> For me, that's that's uh, that sounds like it's not my my mind. You know, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if that can happen in my mind mm-hmm. because it just sounds so different from my ordinary experience." Um, and uh, it's it's a training. Like it's anyone can do this. It's not it's not an impossible um, development. And like all developments, it happens gradually. So so we we train the mind, and 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 we begin to notice that that maybe there's a little bit more space around our reactions. You know, if somebody says something that kind of irks us, or that we take as uh, a um, a criticism, or 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 somehow we feel it's undermining, we take it personally, and and so and 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 maybe you know we're very reactive normally in that. In that kind of situation, and and, and when mindfulness and and uh, tranquility develop, we we begin to notice maybe that there's just a little more space. It's just that we notice the reaction, and then but before we retort, 
maybe there's a little moment to take a breath or half a breath and and not add fuel to the flames uh, but just let it go and maybe then in the next breath we might recognize that it might not have been you know intended to harm us or hurt us uh, might have just been somebody's perception so so that's just an example um, you know the many many reactive patterns that yeah, we all have and and as we develop this calmness more calmness and more mindfulness we find ourselves getting hooked a little bit less or if there if if we're hooked we might feel a little kind of prick of the hook but we don't get pulled all the way you know into the whole drama uh, so so tranquility and mindfulness together uh, help us to live more skillfully and more happily uh, less reactively and um, and and the work that we do on the cushion is key. So um, let's, we're going to move into um, meditation posture and I'm going to offer a guided meditation that will um, kind of bring out, that will instruct in some of the key points in meditation um, in developing calmness. uh, So take a moment to release your posture. Uh, Feel free to stand up if you'd like. And take more equipment, uh, move to a chair if you feel that that might be a better posture for you to sit in. Um, Also, uh, we're sitting several times a day, so please feel free to, to move into a chair for a particular sitting if you want to do that. Um, And... um, uh, and move back onto the floor for another sitting if you feel that that uh, that's what you'd like to do. Uh, oh, also, I meant to mention about water bottles. I know that uh, you know people have water bottles, and that's fine. But uh, during practices, please don't drink from the water bottle. So, if you if you need to have a drink, um, you know, before you begin a meditation practice, that's you know. That's okay, but then during the meditation, unless you're really coughing and and you need to have a drink of water, please don't um, drink from your bottle. The Buddha um, instructed in in the um, in the the discourse on mindfulness called the Four Applications of Mindfulness, which is one of the key texts um, for insight meditation. Uh, it's uh, in Pali, the Satipatthana Sutta. Um, he named that there are four postures for meditation. 
uh, and they are um, sitting, and that's the posture that we usually use. Uh, standing, and sometimes you'll see people standing, and uh, and that's a good posture for uh, especially when you feel maybe sleepy. This, it takes a little bit more energy to stand up, and when we're sleepy, what we need to do is arouse the energy. Um, walking, and then we're going to do some walking meditation today, and lying down. So lying down. Um, is uh, is a good posture to take when the body is uh, finding it difficult to sit or to stand. Maybe there's an injury or um, pain in the body. So, so if you need to um, lie down in the hall, you can. Um, just talk to me, and we'll we'll find a good place. Or leave a note. We'll find a good place for you to lie down. And um, uh, and I'll I'll explain how to uh, to lie down in a way so that you're you're not you're less likely to fall off to, to sleep because that's the thing about practicing meditation lying down is that is that uh, yeah we can drift off so um, so take take your posture. Uh, balanced and easeful with the back energized lifting from the base of the spine through the crown of the head And in the discourses on mindfulness practice, the Buddha usually says a couple of things that um, each time uh, he sets it up to for the meditation. First of all, he says, find a quiet place, uh, which we've done. He said, put aside your grief and distress for the world. So put aside all your wanting and not wanting about your life, about politics, about how things are in the world. Just Put that to, to the side. We don't need to carry them into our meditation practice. We're cultivating something special in this practice, and that doesn't help. So he says, just leave it aside. Now, we may form an intention to leave it aside, but then it comes knocking at the door. And so we might just say to ourselves, not now, not now. And this is a beautiful skill that we develop in meditation of letting go. And one of the things that helps us to let go of the compulsive habits of the mind is to have something else that the mind can connect to. So we can let go of these of the drivenness of the mind and we can connect to something that is simple and neutral and very present. And and that's the breath. Just feeling the breath or feeling the body. Being present in the in the senses. So letting go of the habits of the mind and then placing the attention 
in the body. And so we can begin by just feeling the breath, feeling the in and the out breath. And letting the breath collect our attention. It's like with each in-breath, we're drawing our attention, we're gathering in our attention. With each out-breath, we are staying with the body and letting go. And in, and as we're mindful of breathing, Mindfulness of breathing is called anapana sati. Sati is mindfulness, is the word mindfulness. Anapana, breathing in and breathing out. And in our practice of this, we're not just breathing in air and breathing out air. It's a flow of energy. The word pana, anapana. Ana and pana, actually, breathing in, breathing out. They're both connected to the word prana, which you may know from yoga. Connects to life energy. Chi, prana. So as you breathe in and out, it's a breathing in and out of air and life energy. And we can pay attention to that. And pay attention to how the breath connects with the energy of the body. we can notice what the qualities of the breathing are. can notice if the breathing is deep or shallow. If it's long or short. Rough or smooth. contracted, tight, or relaxed. And we're not trying to fix our breath to have a perfect breath, but just to bring mindfulness to it all. As you breathe, on the next in-breath, notice where you feel the the beginning, the very beginning of the in-breath, most clearly. And then notice where you feel the middle of the in-breath. Is it the same place? Is it a different place?
Notice where you feel the end of the in-breath. Notice where you feel the turning of the in-breath as it moves into the out-breath. Is it a pause? Is is it a a kind of a turning moment? How how does that transition happen from the in-breath to the out-breath? Where do you feel it? And what is it exactly like? Now notice where you feel the beginning of the outbreath. Do you feel it in the same place as the beginning of the in-breath or a different place? And then the middle of the outbreath. And the end of the outbreath. And now notice that space between the end of the outbreath and the beginning of the next in breath. If you find that your mind feels dull and sleepy, uh, open your eyes. You could even look out the window as you practice, or look up at the ceiling. So if, if there's sleepiness, open your eyes or even stand up. Continue practicing feeling the whole duration of the breath in the whole body. Widen, see, see what it feels like to widen your scope, widen your, your sensitivity in the body to include the whole body and noticing the flow of breath in the whole body. So explore what that feels like for you.
Letting go of the drivenness of the mind, <clears throat> the habitual patterns that the mind just keeps going back to, just consciously letting go and coming back to the simplicity of being present in the body, abiding in the body, feeling the breath, feeling the body sitting on the earth, the simplicity of this, the presence of this. It's an act of great kindness and compassion toward ourselves to let go. It's the essential meaning of renunciation. Renunciation is not so much about letting go of stuff. It's about this inner letting go. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.